called uh, Intersections, and really the series is about decision-making and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it, make a decision as you face uh, the different roads that cross uh, your path. And last week we talked about the importance of knowing your purpose because your purpose determines where you're headed. And so the decisions that you make either fit within the purpose for your life or they don't, and that allows you to distinguish between what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And so knowing your purpose is very important. And we're looking at the key questions to ask when you face the intersections of life. Uh, If you're like me, uh, decisions can sneak up on you. You ever experienced that where all of a sudden you're going along in your life and a decision comes that you never thought you were going to have to make. And it could be an opportunity or it could be a problem, but you're faced with this pressure of not knowing what to do. It blindsided you. And in that moment, you're thinking, I don't know what to do. What, what is going on? And all of a sudden, your emotions are pulling you. And you kind of feel like you're rocked around by this decision that you never thought you were going to have to make. It's kind of like this. I wanted to show you a clip of a carnival ride. This is what decision-making can feel like to us sometimes. You may be thinking, what country do they torture people like that? No, it's America. We pay for that, right? But that's, that's what this decision-making is. It's, you, you're just tossed around. You're upside down. You, you're dizzy. And on Thursday, I was researching clips for this. And no joke, after about 15 minutes, I started feeling sick. I'm looking at these clips, and then I'm going into other, you know, on YouTube, it's like slingshot people launched out. And I'm thinking, what kind of sick people are we? But in decision-making, like, we kind of feel like that. We're faced in this pressure and our emotions are pulling us and we, in the moment, we have no clue where to go. We don't know which road to take. We don't know where all the roads are and there seems like there's endless options. And that just kind of weighs on us and it causes pressure that affects us and affects those that we're around. And we looked at last week, like, some of these decisions are like an opportunity, like a promotion comes. And this promotion may be great for certain aspects of your life. You may get more money, you may get more leadership, more responsibility, more success, but that promotion also may cost you more time where now you have to balance different priorities. It may cause you to have to move and out of these relationships that you care about away from your church that you may be plugged into, or you face these, these intersections related to your finances. You have these different goals that you had, and then all of a sudden life happened and these different emergencies happen. You have to pay for this, you have to pay for that, and before you know it, the plan that you had in your mind isn't lined up with life. That's like how my budget is. I have the plan and then I have life. And life exists of trying to get those two to match. But our decisions are affected by all these things that, that happen to us. And they cause a lot of, a lot of anguish. But what you find is decisions, while they make us swirl and they kind of put pressure on us, they're very crucial. Because the decisions that you make, you actually build a life out of them. You build a life out of the decisions you make. And you're either building like a house of cards that stack up on one another, and then a little bit of turbulence comes and it collapses. Or you build a life of decisions that are good, that will get you to where you want to go. And those are like a house made of brick that even when the turbulence comes, they they stand secure. 
these key questions that we're looking at help determine or help us think through how do we build a life from our decisions that's made out of brick, not a house of cards. And the question we're looking at today is a key one. And it's a hard one at the same time. And the question is this, am I being completely honest with myself? As you're facing the decision that you're facing and you have different desires that you want and you're deciding on where to go, what to do, when to do it, a key question is, are you being honest with yourself? If you're like me, life can be very impulsive. You have different desires that you want. And while this question is simple, well, yeah, of course, I'm going to be honest with myself. What you find is there's things going on within us that cause a lot of impulsiveness. You know this to be true. Have you ever bought something that you think later, why did I buy that? Am I the only one that's ever bought something off the TV? For instance, I bought Turbo Jam five years ago. If you don't know Turbo Jam, you don't need to look it up, okay? But it's this exercise thing, and I was watching with my wife, and, and like we were sucked in like any good exercise program. It's like, you do this, your life will be changed. And I thought, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do those crazy moves in our house, look completely dorky, but it's going to change our life. And so I spent, you know, 4498 because it's not 45 and Turbo Jam came, came to my house. It was delivered. And to this day, I've never put that in my DVD player. Never. It's now just a funny story that I share with you. But at the time, it seemed like a great idea. But I was impulsive. It's like, that's what we need to do. Turbo Jam. Let's go get a headband. Thankfully, I didn't put it in. But we are also impulsive in our, our relationships uh, have you ever walked away from relating to somebody? Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's your parents, and you reflect on your interaction and you think to yourself, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I, why did I treat them that way? And there's this just reaction that you had, or there's this impulsiveness to something that you said, and you see how it landed, and you think to yourself, and you take a step back, and why, why did I why do that? Why did I do that? Well, it speaks to an issue that, that all of us face. And it's really, if we go to the court, if we're really being honest with ourselves, we're all on a happiness quest. We all want to be happy. This is at the core of all of us. We all want to be happy. Now, we may want to do right and do good, but a lot of times in our decisions, the main factor that we're wrestling with is, okay, what's right and good for my life? What's right and good related to the people that I'm doing life with? And then what, what would make me feel good? What would make me happy? And if you relate with people, it's kind of like as long as it makes them happy covers a multitude of wrong choices. Have you noticed that? As long as it makes them happy, they can do A or B or C or D. And you just choose your path. And you hope that the road that you choose gets you to the most happiness. This is at the core of all of us. We're on a happiness quest. The problem is when happiness becomes the only factor that we make decisions, what makes us happy today does not make us happy tomorrow. Haven't you found that to be true? I know in my own life, certain things that I've decided, because this will make me happy over time, that doesn't make me happy anymore. And as you see in this world, relationships are made and broken on the same quest. We fall into a relationship because it makes us happy. We fall out of a relationship because it no longer does. So this happiness quest is something that's real to all of us. It causes us to do things that we may regret. 
And that's the funny thing. The happiness quest by pursuing it actually does not lead to the happiness we look to. The happiness quest most of the time leads us to regret. So if you're like me, you've experienced this. You've experienced it from people that have done this. And you know from your own self and from relating to others that there's got to be more going on. There's got to be help. And that's where the Bible has been such a help to my own life. And if you've read the Bible and spent time studying it, you know that it's a help to your life because what it does is it shows you a picture of what's really going on. And so I want to kind of look at why is this happiness quest at the root of all of us? Why is it dear to us? And there's two verses in Jeremiah chapter 17 that kind of show us why this is. Now, you're not going to find this on a Hallmark card. You can't go to the store and buy this truth, but it's very helpful. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Could you imagine that as like a Valentine's Day romantic card? Like, I love you, but your heart is desperately sick and completely deceitful. See you tonight for dinner, right? No, our idea of our heart is like this feel-good thing where you follow it, you love people by it, your heart is just so dear to you, they broke my heart, I'm going to break their heart. And when you dig into the scriptures, a view of the heart is very different. The heart determines what we say, the heart determines what we do, and the problem with it, it's deceitful. It is sick. Wasn't that just like a feel-good verse of the day? But the reality is knowing that is our heart helps us to see that what always we think makes us happy does not get us to make the decisions that we want because our heart has a heart defect. In fact, my heart has a heart defect, your heart has a heart defect, and it's sin. It's the fact that we've chosen to go our own way. And in going our own way in the pursuit of our own happiness, we're actually missing the life that God wants for us. It's kind of counterintuitive. We go down the happiness path and we don't get that. We get emptiness. And when you see this verse, you realize why that's counterintuitive because the heart is deceitful. It doesn't make sense. Our heart deceives us. This is why people do foolish things. There's been studies year after year on the intelligence of people and the decisions that they make. And as they take the upper echelon of high intelligence, these are the geniuses. These are the people that I can't usually have conversations with because my, my level is down here. They're up here, but they've looked at the decisions they make. And for the most part, the geniuses and the most intelligent in the world end up making the same choices that we make because it's not what you know. It's the fact that your heart drives it. And we all have the same defect, no matter where we're from, no matter how we were raised, no matter how smart we are, how rich we are, we all have the same defect. It's deceitful. And it's beyond cure, and we, we, need, we need help. And you've seen that. As you've treated people a certain way, if you've done certain things, if you end up a destination you didn't want to go in your life, you look back and say, why did I do that? Well, I was deceived. And you were deceived. This is what our heart does to us. Now, one of the things that I've discovered about myself, my heart feels something very strongly. I have an emotional response, like, I got to do that. And then what I do 
with myself is I think, you know what, I'm going to tell my brain to come up with a rational reason why that's a good idea. Before I know it, my heart has convinced my brain that what I'm doing actually makes a lot of sense. And it's rational. And in fact, out of all the options, that's probably the best. This is why being honest is so important. Because my brain's evolved, I'm thinking one thing, and before I know it, I'm convinced that this is the only option because this is what I really want. Our heart takes a little bit of truth, mixes it with a whole bunch of desire, what we want, and we end up doing things that we shouldn't do. We all deal with that. It's a battle every single day. That's the defect. That's the sin factor. But what Jeremiah is doing here is he's pointing the problem, the sin factor, the deceit factor, the heart factor, and then it points out to the God factor. And this is why God is so important because he doesn't leave us with this picture of hopelessness. He doesn't leave us with this understanding of, well, how can I trust myself? What am I supposed to do? I'm all I know. He says, ah, I exist. I made you. Your purpose is intertwined with my purpose for you. And the God factor becomes real. So am I being completely honest with myself? This is one of the steps to go towards that. And that is realizing the God factor is real as you make decisions. Jeremiah 17.10 says this, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This is a major principle in life. We experience blessing or curse or good or bad or good fruit or bad fruit, however you want to say it, based on the decisions that we make. Now, God is gracious. That's another thing about God. We can make a lot of decisions and it actually not turn out as bad as it could. Even that is the God factor. But our decisions make an impact. And what the truth of the scripture is saying here is, The decisions that you make are a test and they show you what's really important in your life. While you can deceive yourself, the choice is either aligning with God and his purposes for your life, or if you're really going to be honest with yourself, it's just what you want. These could be major things. These could be minor things, but over the course of a life, the test is written. These are by the people that you run with, how you spend your time, how you spend your resources. This is how we answer this question. God tests our mind. What's really important to you? How are you going to decide in the moment what to do? Because as it's very hard for us to be honest within ourselves, truth is who God is. And so on one hand, while we have deceit in our hearts, as we look to God, we have truth. He is the truth. Another scripture says, God, he desires truth in our inmost being. He wants truth to permeate what we think, why we think it, what we do, why we do it. He wants truth to get in there on the inside. He wants truth to get into our heart to battle the deceit. That comes naturally. And that can only be done through God himself as we do life his way. This battles the deceit that we all face. We all have this universal heart problem. 
What I want to do is I want to turn the corner and walk through how to get a clear picture of reality. As you look to God, as you decide, you know what, I've experienced the impulsiveness. I've experienced this happiness quest that's actually made me empty. And if I'm being really honest with myself, the things that I thought were going to happen in my life haven't happened. You may feel empty. You may feel discouraged. Or you may just feel apathetic, like, you know what, I don't care anymore. It just doesn't seem to be working out. We all have a different ideas and emotions of how we've experienced life. But what God does is he says, okay, if you want to take me seriously, and if you want your decisions to count, and if you want me to actually be a factor of it, I will take off some of this confusion. I will take away some of this fuzziness of your decision-making. I will take you off the carnival ride and put you on steady ground. That's what God does. And so I want to walk through how to get this clear picture of reality as you face decisions. Because without this, we just keep spinning and spinning and spinning. There's a passage in Scripture in the book of Proverbs which provides just some practical teaching on decision-making. We're going to spend some time talking this week about it, and then uh, next week, uh, Randy's going to talk about it uh, some more. And in this passage, we kind of find some steps to take as you make decisions. And if you're like me, steps are very helpful. Because if someone tells me, make a good decision, I think, I will do that. And if the person asks, how will you do it? I say, I don't know. But I won't follow my heart because it's deceitful. So then what do I do? Well, Proverbs gives some help. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, we go back to the same issue. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So I'm going to break this down just verse by verse to kind of pull out some practical things that you can do as you face the intersections of your life, whether it's facing a career, whether it's face how to raise your kids, how to be involved in church. As you're trying to kind of take a step back and decide where you need to go, what you need to do, these things can help you navigate making a good decision. The first thing is to pray. This is trusting in the Lord with, with all your heart. It's a practical application because the key way to trust in God is to pray to God. And a lot of times this is me. God, I had no idea this was going to happen. I have no idea what to do. Help me. And it, it doesn't get much more sophisticated than that. That's about it. I go, uh-oh, help. Amen. Uh-oh, help. Amen. Uh-oh, help. Amen. I just, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I don't even know what's going on. This didn't, I didn't see this coming. I can't predict the future. But I know the decisions I make affect my future. So help me. Trust here. In the original language that this was written, it means to be secure and confident. When I'm in a decision, the last thing I think is I have a confidence about what to do. In fact, it's, it's insecurity. I have fear. What if I screw up? What if I mess my whole family up because of what I do? Well, if you trust in God, you're actually standing on a foundation that is secure. You can have confidence in it. God, I don't know what to do. Please help. That's to trust him. The second is decide to do God's will. This is connected to what we talked about last week. How does this fit into my purpose for living? 
Well, if your purpose is to do his will, even if you don't know what the outcome is or the decision that you're supposed to make, decide on the front end, I'm going to do your will. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And that is the second part of verse 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. See, Jeremiah and Proverbs connect now. Why do we not want to lean on our own understanding? Because our heart is deceitful. What we feel may not be actually what is true. What we see may not all be what's going on. But God sees. He sees the connections. He sees the outcomes. Decision-making can also feel like a, you know, getting over a huge mountain. Now, I haven't hiked much in my life, but I realize I'm terrible with directions. And if I'm going to hike, I could maybe read a map. My problem is I don't even know what way is north, right? I, I don't know. And so the best experience I've ever had hiking is when there was somebody in front of me that said, hey, Alex, follow me. And I can do that. If I can see you, I will follow. And I may have to say, hey, slow down a little bit because the guy behind me is tired, right? But I can follow the guide. A lot of times I can't follow the map. It's unclear. I I don't know my bearings. In decision, it's the same thing. People say, you know, follow this and it'll be fine, but you you don't even know where, where to go. And a relationship with God is you don't follow a map necessarily. You actually follow God himself. He wants to be your guide to navigate you through these these trails, to navigate you through these highs, to navigate you through these lows. That's what God does. He is the guide who knows where every path leads. He helps us in the moment. So if you're not sure what to do, even in an experience you face right now, settle it before God. I, I want to do this your way. I want to do right here. I want to do right as it affects how I go about it. I want to do right as it affects the people impacted by it. And I want to do right how it impacts what you've already told me I need to do. So you've got to decide to do his will. It's also very important to bring the facts into focus. This is a key part of decision making. What are all the facts? If you ever made a decision without all the facts, you make the decision, all of a sudden information comes out that was crucial. And you look back and you think, that would have been good to know. That would have been very good to know. Isn't that why Carfaxes exist? Right? You don't want to buy a car without the Carfax. Because all of a sudden, you don't want to be on the freeway, and then the wheels fall off. You at least want the Carfax to say, probably the wheels will fall off. That's why it's so cheap. Right? At least you know. Getting the facts is, is so crucial before you face any decision. Because you want to know what's really going on. Again, clarity is more important than feeling. Facts are more important than feeling. Here's some steps that you can take. Uh, People have helped me with this as I'm in a situation, as they ask me questions, as I've kind of looked back at my own decisions. These are some of the things I've done. Sometimes I've done better than others at getting the facts. Again, the more likely you are to get the facts, you know what's really going on. However, The more you really feel strongly about something, it's even more important to get the facts. A lot of times, if you really want something, the facts are going to get in your way. So what if you find something about that that really isn't a good decision? So this is a battle. Getting the facts is going to give you a clear picture. But your heart may say, you don't need a clear picture. Fuzziness is okay. But here, 
Again, we want the outcome to be what God wants. So here's, here's some steps. First thing is write down the decision in a sentence or two. Anyone ever talked to you before and you're facing something and you don't know what to do? And they, they ask you, how are things going? I don't know. I, I don't even know what's going on in my life right now. I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, you, you're just, everything's blown up. Your emotions, your fears, your pride. There's just all these things going on. You don't want to look foolish. And you just have this stress level of, I don't know what to do. I'm faced with this. It's the, it's the biggest decision I've ever made in my whole life. I'm going to screw everything up if I get this wrong. And my whole life's going to collapse. And the person's like, well, what's the decision? I don't really know, but it's big. Writing down the decision allows you to kind of take off some of the emotion, take out some of the feeling, and allow you to see what is it really that you have to decide. Getting the facts are very important. Second thing is list your options. So what's the decision? And then what are the options you have to make the decision? Most of the time I see it's like either this or it's this. And I have like a 50% chance. However, decisions actually probably have like four or five options. There may be three that you don't even want to think through. But they exist. And so you need, you need to list the options so you really can see, again, what's, what, what I'm dealing with here. What is it that I'm dealing with? The third thing, write out the cost of each option as it affects the different areas of your life. Your, your personal relationship to God, your family life. That could include friends as well. Ministry. You know, this would be your involvement in church, your finances. It's important to know what decision you're, you're to make, what the options are, and then what's the impact of each of those options on those different areas. What that does is it allows you to see how this decision is going to carry on outside of just you. You're seeing its impact. You're seeing kind of the, the initial impact, and then you're seeing the ripples, seeing the current, how it's going to affect those around you. Outline the pros and cons. This is literal. That's exactly literal. You make a T and you put plus, you put minus. What that starts to do is it allows you to see, okay, is this really good and bad? And where's my heart in all this? Now, if you can, if, if you really want something, you may think of 50 pluses and you may look to the negative and you think there are no negative. There probably are. Again, your heart is deceitful. So ask somebody, are there, is there anything wrong with this decision or is there anything bad that could come? And try to stop saying, because I don't see any. I think it's the best decision ever. Just go neutral. Okay, allow people to say, well, this could happen. And you say, okay, I'll write that one. Okay, I'll write that one. Before you know it, it could balance out. So get, get input if all you can see are pros. Uh, search the scriptures. The Bible is very specific to the different areas of life. So something very important is to know, okay, is this inbounds within God's will? Is this out of bounds? Is this right? Is this wrong? God's put a boundary to your life. If you want to live life his way, there's a certain boundary to it. This is for our own protection. Well, decision-making becomes a lot easier when you see, okay, this is inbounds and this is out of bounds. That means I can do it, I can't do it. Or I at least have to wrestle with that. So that, that helps in that process. And then the last is seek, seek wise counsel. I don't know how many times I've thought about a decision and all I see is maybe this option. And it's maybe with a problem I'm facing and I don't know what to do. And I come to this person, I say, 
here's what's happened. I don't know what to do. Here's what I think I need to do. And all of a sudden they say, well, have you thought about this? And you know what? What's crazy? I hadn't thought about it. Or what about that? No, I, I didn't think about that either. And all of a sudden I see, oh, wow, there's, there's other stuff going on that I cannot see. Here's the truth. Opportunities and problems that you face at those intersections, you're probably not the first person that's experienced it. There's people that have faced job situations, working for a boss that's hard to relate to, looking for a job, being promoted at a job. There's people that have faced raising kids in the midst of the turmoil. And as you make decisions based on that, people have faced this year after year. And so find somebody that's wise, that's walking with God, that, that can help you navigate through this decision-making. So that's how to get the facts, okay? The, the other thing is keep doing what you know is God's will. So you want to set your heart to do his will before you know the outcome, but it's very important to keep doing God's will in the midst of the decision. If you've ever experienced a decision that is just causing so much turmoil, there's a part in all of us where we just kind of want to stop. We want to stop life. All our focus is on it. This situation, this area, we're completely focused because it's just, it's our heart, our mind, everything in us is just, this is, this is so crucial. I don't know what to do. Before you know it, we, we've stopped doing the things that God's told us to do already. Decision-making clarifies, and the picture gets clear as you're actually walking to do God's will in the moment with what you know. So you don't stop obeying until you know the next step. You continue obeying, and as you're obeying, a lot of times God reveals himself. That's how it works. That's how we continue to make, make progress. So all these things, trusting in him, not leaning on our own understanding, acknowledging him, in each thing, in each option, as we clarify the facts, looking at him in the midst of all that, and then obeying and doing his will before we maybe know exactly what to do. All these begin to give us this clear picture. And the clearer the picture, the more we can make a decision. Now, we still don't know the future, and we still don't know the outcome. And so we still have to choose faith. But these things allow us to get beyond our heart, which is deceitful, to get a little bit more clarity. And then the last part of Proverbs 3, 6 say, he will make straight your path. So We've been talking about this swirl and this confusion. The promise is as you do this, he will make it straight. He'll make it clear. One version say it will be like without bumps. Now there's still going to be certain potholes, but there's this thing of you're on a path that's moving you forward. You're getting to where God wants you to be as you do this. So here's a challenge for you. As you're facing a decision right now, or as you will face one, ask yourself questions like this. The reason I want to buy this is, what's the reason? The reason I want to get into this relationship is, the reason I want to get out of this relationship is, the real reason I want to move and take this job is. The real reason I want to quit my job is. One guy said, we are really good at selling ourselves on what we want. And in my own life, I, 
I've determined that that's pretty true. I can sell myself on what I want. I can tell my brain to come up with the reasons why that's rational. But the bottom line is, it's still not allowing me to get truth in my inmost being. I still have to stop and ask those questions. What's the real reason I'm doing that? What's the real reason I'm thinking that? What's the real reason I'm treating that person like that? It, it goes into every aspect of our life. There's a promise, actually, in Jeremiah, that same chapter that we looked at. Before verse 9, it's actually in 7 and 8. It says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. So this is the passage right before the transition to, oh, by the way, your heart is deceitful. It's desperately sick. There's actually hope. You just got it later. Remember, the fruit of our life is built by the decisions that we make. That word blessed there, happy. So this happiness quest that's at the core of us, God promises you will be happy. You will experience this joy that comes from me. Where your fruit will not be withered, it will count for something. Your decisions will make a difference in a way that will be like a stream where it's, it's refreshment to you and refreshment to all those around you. This promise is the perspective I need in the moment to make me realize that it's not just about what I feel. It's not just about what I really want. It's the fact that I want my life to bear the right kind of fruit, which comes from just looking past the heart factor, looking at the God factor, and allowing God to work that out as I walk with him. So I encourage you to do that as well. There's some next steps that you can take to apply that. If there's anything else that you just kind of sense you need to look at, you know, write that on your notes. You know, this week I need to, that will help you. But here's some suggested next steps. Memorize Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Just a reminder, in the moment, if you memorize that, that can help. It can provide clarity. The second is, uh, get a clear picture of reality related to a decision I'm facing. So go through those steps. How to get the clear picture is there an aspect of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that you need to apply, whether it's getting the facts or deciding to do his will? Pinpoint one of those and decide to focus on that, maybe each day this next week. Uh, the third thing is, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and follow him as Lord. If you never decided to do that, to make that decision, to turn from going your own way on this happiness quest and actually turning to go God's way, I encourage you to do that today. If you mark that, we'll clarify what that means, and we want to walk along with you as you make that decision. There's also life groups that we have. If you're not in a life group and you'd like to kind of talk about this stuff more that we talk about on a Sunday morning, and you'd like to meet new people, uh, sign up for a life group. Great opportunity to connect uh, with those that are within the church. And then, like I mentioned, if you're interested in being baptized, mark that on the connection card as well. As the band comes up, I'm going to pray and then we're going to be receiving our offering. Let's pray together. God, thank you for being the God who guides us along the trails, along the highs, along the lows. Everything that we do as we look to you, you do guide us. And while there's fog at times and there's bumpiness, 
you do promise to make our path straight. And that's really what we want. We want clarity. We want to know that the outcome of our life will make a difference. We want to please you, the one who made us. And so we need your help. Our hearts feel so many different things. And we are so easily deceived. And God, even just for myself, I pray this next week, as those feelings come and as they're strong, that I'll stop, I'll pray, I'll recognize the need to surrender to you. I pray the same for everyone in here, that we will look at you as the factor uh, in our decisions, that you will bear the fruit that we want. And so, God, we, we need your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen.